0: Good evening and welcome again to the Canadian Orthodox Monastery in Uostrank. This evening, we're going to speak about actual biblical inerrancy. If anyone thought from my last three broadcasts that uh, we do not believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, they're wrong. The difference is we understand inerrancy in Scripture. In terms of the actual content of the Scripture, not in terms of our own models of reality about the contents of Scripture. You see, when we base our faith on the idea that Scripture is inerrant as we interpret it, and that it contains therefore all the actual facts about the created universe and the created earth, and completely misunderstand the fact that scripture is stories told in the Hebrew fashion, which reveal very profound truths, and that the scripture is full of metaphor. The older language is, the richer it is in metaphor. And the idea that scripture contains only exact, precise statements of truth, reality, and ignores the metaphor in Scripture is just part of the idolatry of fundamentalism. Now let's understand that fundamentalism, the idea of their idea of the inerrancy of Scripture, is an idolatry pure and simple, and that includes fundamentalists in the Orthodox Church. If we took the chronology of the Old Testament literally, Adam would have died sometime during the Chalcolithic village era of of Egypt, the Egyptian culture, or around the time when the not-quite-historical Narmar was fighting the Libyans. And uh, we would find that the flood of Noah took place at the height of Egyptian pyramid building. And the Egyptians didn't speak the same language as the Chaldeans at that time already. Um, the problem here is that when fundamentalists, when Protestantism in general, you know, Protestantism was one of the greatest uh, processes of deconstructionism in history. It was a deconstruction of Christianity. And in that process of deconstructing, of course, fell into more than a thousand separate denominations. Um, most of which consider each other to be um, sort of a, a virus or, or something like that. Now, the uh, separation of themselves from the living body of the church, the living history of the church, which lived, thrived, survived right through from apostolic times, that, their separation from that and their separation from the sacred tradition left them with only a book. Only a book. Consequently, they had to deify that book. They had to make it practically equal with the essence of God. They had to say that it was inherent in every form, every concept, every idea, every word, every direction, every concept that it contained. And because they had done that, they abolished the real meaning of Scripture and reduced it down to a dry, rationalistic, legalistic document concerned almost exclusively with law and really ultimately attributing to God a whole collection of petty fetishes which, if someone violated one of them, they would be cast into a torture chamber worse than anything the human imagination could possibly conceive for all eternity. But God is loving and forgiving, of course. Uh, But nevertheless, he's going to cast you into this hideous pit and torture you to death if you violated one of his fetishes or taboos. This is really what fundamentalism has done with the Holy Scripture. And the Holy Scripture is set out to reveal to us the nature of man, the condition of mankind, what the fall really means, our relationship with God, what it is and what it should be, and what God desires for it to be because he loves us. And the whole Old Testament is simply a chronicle of man's struggle with idolatry how he turns his understanding of God into an idolatry, how he transfers his own passions onto God. And it's full of stories which have very rich metaphor, stories told in the Hebrew fashion, which are really, the Hebrew stories are marvelous. They have a, a, a certain context to them. They never hide the weaknesses shortcomings, and even wickedness of their heroes. They tell everything just the way it is. And they reveal to us the nature of man and his struggle. And his struggle to maintain a proper relationship with God in the face of the ease of falling into an idolatry and even creating an idolatry about the living God himself. That is to say, we understand him as a giant human being with all these fetishes. That's an idolatry, has nothing to do with God and the essence of God. So the scripture is inerrant in what it has set out to reveal to us. The nature of man, his fall, his nature in the fall, his struggle, lifelong struggle, I mean the life of humanity, not just the life of the individual human being, with idolatry, the necessity of the direct intervention of God in the Incarnation to redeem mankind from his bondage, and even with that great and terrible sacrifice which the Son and Word of God made for us, we still have the struggle with idolatry and with unbelief. And the scripture is revealing all of this to us. So what is the real problem of mankind? We've discussed it before. Egotism and self-love leads us to identify God with ourselves rather than trying to identify ourselves with God. And this is the root and source of almost all of our idolatries. And it is certainly the root and source of the idolatry of Augustinianism, Calvinism, and most Protestantism. the horrid vengeful God who has things like purgatory and limbo and and this this torture chamber of hell which he creates as a literal physical torture to torment and torture mankind for all eternity if they have some minor indiscretion or break a few laws or you know something like this. So really, in the end, It is fundamentalist Protestantism. While they declare that man is saved by faith without works, you can be tortured in hell for all eternity, even if you have faith, if there's something amiss about your works. This is really an evangelical Protestant point of view. So the scripture, yes, it is inerrant. It is inerrant in what God intends to reveal to us through the scripture. But it is not inerrant in the idolatrous way that fundamentalist Protestants understand it and interpret it. They simply are bibliolaters who have turned not only the Scripture, but their whole vision of God into an absolute idolatry. So, yes, the Orthodox Church accepts total inerrancy of Scripture. I proclaim the total inerrancy of Scripture but not the way fundamentalist idolaters understand it, the way the revelation of God was intended to come upon us.